Hello, this is Kim Langling. Welcome to Let Fear Bounce, where today I am visiting. Yeah, she is going to share stories on her mission that is called What's Important Now? And some of the answers that she's received from the hundreds of people that she's asked that question over the past year. So grab your coffee, sit back, relax, and let's get on with the show. Hello everyone, welcome to Let Fear Bounce. I am Kim Langling, your host, and this podcast is hosted on anchor.fm. Today with me, I have Kara Zamelis, and she is coming to us from Australia. So I woke her up very early this morning. She's very early over in her part of the world right now. Um, but Kara Zamelis, she is the host of What's Important Now podcast. And I recently just spoke with her and was a guest on her show the other day. And that's how we connected. And what an, what an amazing um, show that she has. And I'm going to let her explain that briefly here in a minute. But I want to tell you just a little bit about Kara. Kara Zamella, she has been a student of human behavior for over 30 years through her work in marketing and communications and through 10 years of building businesses. She is an award-winning startup founder, content content strategist and copywriter, and an Amazon best-selling author and a professional podcaster. She currently works in an innovation team within a multi-billion dollar global company and has recently started a new side gig, making and selling organic lip and body balm called Happy Mess. Happy Mess, sorry. So welcome, Kara. <laughs> welcome so much. Thank you for uh, thanking Thank you for being with me here so early in your morning anyway. My pleasure. And I, I just need to apologize that I have such a difficult name to pronounce. Um, that, yeah, because I before we, we got on, I was explaining to you that I'm in the middle of a name change. So it's actually Zalamus, but don't worry about it. It's all good. How did I pronounce it wrong? How did I, what did I say? It's my fault for picking such a difficult name, I tell you. Like, but it's just so that the, the um, listeners know, it's a Hungarian word and it means spirited and witty. And I chose it for myself. And so it's my own damn fault. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought I did pretty good with the pronunciation. So sorry about that. <laughs> All oh, right. Actually, I, I thought it was great and I didn't want to interrupt you. And I was just like, oh, but people might want to find me. So yeah, it might be difficult. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have it. I'll have it spelled right when I post this. All right. I'll make oh, sure good. it's spelled right anyway. <laughs> oh, oh, good. Look, last night I interviewed somebody and I just realized I hadn't practiced saying her name and it was completely awkward at the beginning of the interview. Um, and I felt really bad. So <laughs> it's all fun and games, right? We, That's you know, right. This is what we do. Yeah. <laughs> and my, my last, my last name is not the easiest either. When, yeah, when yeah, people that, first see it, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, so, so your boat. podcast, your podcast, what's important now? Yeah, 
I'm curious, and I'm sure our listeners are curious, is how you came up with the name and why you decided to do this type of podcast on what's important now. Yeah, well, that's it's a really long story, actually. How much time do we have? <laughs> um, it all... It all started actually a friend of mine or a colleague of mine that I was um, working with on another innovation project. Uh, we were validating an idea for um, some communications technology and we asked in the validation questions, we asked people what's important to you in your life. And it really just, just struck us that 80% of the people that we asked said, oh, um, I don't know, nobody's ever asked me that question before. And we thought, surely not. That is just really weird. It's kind of an important question. Like, what is important to you? And so we just decided that we were going to start interviewing people randomly and ask them that question and just see if the results matched up with our initial validation results. So we we kind of went down this rabbit hole and we abandoned the other idea because it wasn't going to work anyway. Um, you know, that's the thing about, you know, doing tech startups, some things fly, some things don't. But what was really interesting was that very few people actually said no to our interview requests, very few. And when we asked them, it was almost like people would have this bodily reaction to being asked this question, what's important to you in your life? And like we literally went up to random strangers, like we would go to universities, we would go down to, um, you know, the red light district here in Brisbane, we would go everywhere. And, and when I traveled, I would ask people on trains, planes, um, you name it, I would just start hitting people up in coffee shops, um, saying, hey, I've got a few questions, I'm, I'm doing this interview series, and I'd really love to talk to you about what's important to you. And what people were left with after doing these interviews, and we did well over a hundred in a year, was just this profound feeling of being heard and acknowledged and just stopping for a moment and thinking about what actually really mattered to them. And a lot of people would realize, and this happened to me when I got asked this question, oh my God, I'm not really living into the life that I chose for myself or that I would choose for myself. And it was super confronting. So we could be with all of that. And what we found since is that people that we've interviewed like over a year ago are coming back to us and saying, hey, you know how you asked me all those questions? I've actually really been thinking about it ever since. So it's kind of like that thing that you see and you can't unsee. Yeah. <laughs> it just stays with you. Um, so when COVID hit, we... I just said to my colleague, hey, I would really love to start a podcast just asking people what's important to them now um, because this is this historical event that's happening all around us and I really want to capture the data. I want to capture what people are dealing with and, and just do something that's completely nothing to do with me. It's just completely about them. And so he was like, yeah, sure, go for it. And so we launched it. And it was just amazing. Like I have interviewed, you know, we've only really just gotten started to be honest, but I've interviewed quite a few people. And again, the same experience is quite profound, both for them 
and for us, um, Nathan, my business partner with um, WITYAL, which is an acronym, um, what's important to you in your life. So if you see hashtag WITYAL and it's really weird looking, you'll know um, what's important to you in your life. And, you know, he just, we both interview people and it's just, it's just amazing. We get something out of it every single time, no matter who we talk to. And the people we interview get something out of it as well. They just get to be heard and really listened to. And I don't even care what they say. They could say anything, but they have the experience of being gotten and being heard. And I feel like that's missing in a lot of things in our lives. Like how often do people just stop and listen to us? It doesn't happen that often. We're so busy. So yes, that's the story of the podcast. And I am, I had a bit of a break just because I was dealing with starting a work podcast as well. And I just, you know, life happened. And then I just went, you know what? I really, this stuff keeps me really grounded. I'm going to jump back on and I'm going to do this properly. So now we're releasing one episode a week and um, we've got it back on a roll again. I've got about eight guests lined up for the next month. So that is really, really exciting from all over the world. And I'm reaching out to different spaces, different platforms where there's a real diversity of people so that I can um, interview people from really far flung places as well, not just Australia, not just the US, not just the UK, but um, you know, Africa and Asia and like all kinds of regions. I, I wanna have a really diverse group of people reflected on the podcast. So yeah. You know what I think is gonna be really interesting. First off, I think this is, this is almost a mission for you and I think it's wonderful. I mean, it's just a, it's a brilliant idea and you're right, people do wanna be heard and they wanna be understood. You know, they want, they want their stories to be shared and to know that they're heard, to know that they're acknowledged. Um, you had mentioned earlier that you had, prior to the podcast, you had interviewed over a hundred people in a year. I mean, yeah. what an amazing journey that you had just doing that and the, and the people that you were able to meet and learn from and they in turn turned around, you know, and left that experience knowing that they had been hurt and someone actually cared enough to listen that was a stranger. You know, that's, mm. that right there is just a gift. And I think that it is amazing uh, what you're doing. I love, love the podcast. Um, and now that you're gonna be doing it once a week. And I think doing it worldwide, to me, I think it would be so interesting a year from now, because so you, you said you just started getting this rolling back again. A year yeah. from now to look back and see all of the different countries and then see just what the similarities might be in just humankind worldwide. Yeah. Because we're yeah. so we're so quick to to see the differences and to judge the yeah. differences. No one ever really oh, yeah. stops to look and and see and hear. We're all human and there we probably have way more in common than we think. Mm, yeah, that's what gives me goosebumps about this whole thing because it's it really is the potential for this is is that it could create world peace. Like I know that sounds like a huge audacious goal, <laughs> but because I mean you're right, it is about people looking at where they're the same. And that's the thing, like, you know, 
we always hear, oh, we're all connected. And, um, you know, if we go way back far enough, we'll find that we're actually physically, genetically connected to a lot of people in this world of diverse backgrounds. And the truth of it is, is that what actually connects us is those connection experiences, the actual sitting with somebody and hearing them. And, you know, we don't do it on social media. Like you say, we're very quick to jump in and judge. We all do it. Like we all just immediately snap judge, you know, people for having different views. It's actually taken quite a lot for me to sit back and not judge. <laughs> it's, it takes a lot every day um, because your brain is just constantly forming views and opinions. It is. You're right. What I try to do is, is it's just a view and opinion. It's not the truth. So there are many truths in this world and mine is not necessarily more right than anybody else's. It's just my view. So what that does is it gives you a unique ability. So when I, I get someone on the show who might be ideologically opposed to what I believe in, uh, it doesn't matter because they still have the experience of being gotten and heard and listened to. And they still, it's not, I'm not validating their view, but I'm validating them as a person. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And, and, and I love that. I love that. You should use that as one of your one-liners. <laughs> that, <laughs> that sentence you just, is wonderful. <laughs> that's, that's great. Um, so yeah, if over all of the people, and you've obviously you've interviewed a lot over the last couple of years or the last year, and you're just starting up again. What have you found that might be like a common fear? I mean, this, this show is let fear bounce and I, I want to address mm. any fears or common fears maybe that you've seen in people, especially, especially now this year, 2020 has just been something else. Um, <laughs> something else one for the record books and i've seen at least in my area of the world fear on a daily basis of many different forms what have you noticed or have you noticed in your interviews with the people that you've been speaking with what might be some of their fears and how how are they working through them or what are your own fears if you have any mm. and how are you working through them yeah that's an awesome question I think the biggest fear is actually that we'll be seen. So let me explain that. People struggle with being vulnerable. And when someone asks them such a pointed question of, well, you know, what really matters to you, it, it creates a space for vulnerability that they probably are quite uncomfortable with because when we're vulnerable, what we fear the most is being cast aside or having those those common those common thoughts that we have that come up when we're not having a great day or a good experience of life the I'm not worthy I'm not good enough I don't belong those kind of things they are the things that are ever present for most people no matter where they're from in the world and so the fear is, is that they'll get exposed and those thoughts will be confirmed as true. 
that's usually what sits there for most people. It's not fear of the world ending. It's not fear of somebody winning an election. It's, it's that their worst fears about themselves will come true. And I can speak to that because I was one of those people who just felt like there was something completely flawed about myself, right? I grew up feeling like I just wasn't right, you know? (laughs) One day I was giving a talk. It was just to a mom's group. I used to have a, a birth doula business and I was giving a talk and it was the first time I'd really kind of decided just to be vulnerable. And before that, I couldn't be vulnerable. I just couldn't. I couldn't let my guard down because that would mean people would see me who I really was and they wouldn't like what they saw. That's what I truly believed. And I'd been working with a life coach for the first time ever. And I don't know, something triggered for me where I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to share something really personal. And so I shared in this talk, and I was really note tied at the time. I wasn't that experienced a speaker at the time. <laughs> I, I got up and I shared about how I grew up feeling fundamentally flawed. And then all of a sudden I hear this noise around me and people are, are sobbing quietly. I look up and almost every woman in the room was crying. And I was so moved by that experience because all of a sudden it occurred to me I thought I was alone and here I am surrounded by everybody else who feels exactly the same way as me. And it really just, yeah, it moved me. And from that point on, I just knew that I wasn't alone and that I didn't have to do life alone. And everything happens inside talking to people about what's actually there for you. So vulnerability was something I started to try on and it's taken many, many years of practice. Um, And it still does. There's still times when I'm pretty impenetrable, but it just is a daily unfolding and having these kind of conversations makes such a difference because when I create a space of vulnerability, uh, then it enables somebody to just be with it and not, feel like they're going to be judged for it so and I think it's really important because how you know the like I said the fear is is that they'll be seen and judged and and that people won't like what they see and when you actually are in a space of I can say what's really there for me and not be judged for that then it gives you something really extraordinary that you can then take forward into every other conversation and relationship that you have Absolutely. Absolutely. Being vulnerable would be a fear for many people, I think. Um, mm. For many. Um, you, you explained that so well. And when you, you were talking about sharing your story and then you had a room full of women quietly crying. Um, mm. I've been in that situation before where I shared my own story in a, in a room full of women. And that was one of the very first times I'd shared my story and I was nervous and felt incredibly vulnerable doing it. My pride wouldn't let me tell that it was, you know, tell myself that it was fear, but looking back, it it, it was fear of being judged or being seen as weak. And Mm -hmm. afterwards, Mm -hmm. 
you know, having women come up to you and they're sobbing and they're giving you a big hug and saying, oh my goodness, you're so strong. I was thrown off by that. Um, that I realized, oh, mm. I'm being seen as strong and I'm sitting here looking at myself as completely weak. So yeah, vulner being vulnerable, mm. letting yourself be vulnerable is, I think, a fear for everybody. Um, I don't know, do you feel that before you get up and speak in front of someone or even that, that instance that you shared just a few minutes ago, what, do you feel somewhat yeah. fearful when you feel, when you know that you feel vulnerable? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, there's always that fear of looking bad and, and like, oh, I'm going to look like an idiot. And that's probably a big one that comes up for me is I don't want to look like an idiot. I have to be smart, you know? So yeah, it definitely comes up. And I think the best way that I find to deal with that is really just to take a big breath and go, you know what? This is not about me. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And you need to remind yourself of that sometimes. And I often find one thing I love about interviewing people is just getting immersed in a conversation. No distractions, no phones. I mean, sometimes they just there's distractions. A dog might come in and bark or howl, or you know, <laughs> that's life during COVID, right? But I get to really focus on somebody, on somebody else. And honestly, for my anxiety levels and, and, and all the thoughts that race through my head, you know, for that brief amount of time, they're just not there. They're just right. they're not there because I'm not focused on me at all. And that, and it's a good, good training ground. <laughs> like I've always, I've always thought that in order to be like the best person that you can be, you've got to do all this inner work, you know, you've got to work on yourself. And we talk about working on yourself is really important. And, and I think it is, but lately what I've discovered is, is that it's the outer work that makes the biggest difference. The outer work creates the inner work. Do you know what I mean? I, so I, when you're in conversation. Yeah. yeah. It, it creates something that then you can go back and I always listen back to my interviews and go, okay, what could I have done better? How could I have listened better? Why didn't I pick up on that one thing they said? Um, or I did really well at that. I was really proud of that. And just listen for performance. Like listen from, not from a, a place of judgment, but from a sense of, okay, well, how could I improve that for next time? Um, and so it's a constant self-reflective process. And then Sometimes, so I look at it from that point of view, but also listening to the content and really looking at people's eyes and, and seeing what's behind that, you know, the pain behind it or the joy behind it and tuning into that. And it, it gives me something else. And so the outer work, having those conversations really transforms what's going on in my head. Yeah, I understand that. that and it's... Uh... I wish more people would do that, <laughs> to be honest with you. I wish more people would be cognizant of that. Um, I'm, I tell myself a lot of the time, you know, I, I don't need to be better than anybody else, but I mm. want to be better than the person I was yesterday. So, mm. you know, reaching, reaching out in kindness, tossing those pebbles of kindness 
And part of that is just listening to someone's story, acknowledging that they're there, that they're hurting. Maybe I can't personally help them, but I'm acknowledging their presence and I'm seeing them, seeing that they're hurting or struggling or congratulating them, you know, when they're, you know, triumphant and they're filled with joy. I want to be there jumping up and down, hands in the air with them. You know, um, mm. if, if the world was just a lot more like that, it would be a better place, I think. Um, oh, I totally agree. hundred <laughs> percent. And the thing is, it's within our power to do that. It's, it starts with one conversation and by encouraging other people to have those conversations so what Nathan and I are up to is really about having everyone in the world have the opportunity to be asked that question so oftentimes when we interview people we'll ask them if I remember <laughs> we'll ask them you know who, who are you going to ask this question of who are you going to talk to about this and people think about being asked but they don't necessarily think about taking it on themselves to ask it so we want to encourage as many people as possible to ask the people in their lives, you know, what's important to you in your life? What matters to you? I really want to hear it. And it's amazing what unfolds when people do that. And I don't know how many of those people have actually taken that up, but I think just even just planting that seed of a thought in their heads can make a huge difference to those relationships. Oh, I agree. I agree. So anyone and everyone listening to this right now, that is your task. That is your mm. call to action right now. Find, totally. yes, find at least one person and ask them what's important to you now and yep. start a conversation. And here's an, here, we'll put another caveat in there. Make sure it's a stranger. Try it. Yeah. You know, meet, introduce yourself to someone you've never spoken to. Maybe you've seen them before at church or work or wherever but reach out to them and just simply ask them. So that, that is your call to action folks in listener. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And actually, um, you know, people can reach out to us if they need support with that too. Like we actually have a guide for people on how to ask that question in a way that it makes a difference. Um, because, you know, people could ask a question in a survey and it's not going to make a difference because people don't have the experience of being listened to. But if you ask it in a very dedicated way, um, and it doesn't have to be serious, it doesn't have to be, you know, um, what really matters to you. Like what, what's, the, what's your number one priority? There, there are many different ways to ask that question, but it's in the listening that people feel acknowledged. So... Yeah, you really kind of just have to, if you're going to ask the question, not you have to, but it really makes a difference if you're focused on what that person's about to say rather than on looking at your phone or, um, you know, thinking about what's, you know, getting on the bus or <laughs> whatever, whatever you're having for dinner that night or that fight you had with your partner. Um, put that all out of your head and just focus on what they're about to say and, it really makes a difference when, when you do that. It makes a difference to them and it makes a difference to you. Exactly. So if you're going to ask the question, make sure that you are present to listen to the mm. answer. Yes, exactly. Sure and that's something we struggle with. We all struggle with being present. Like it is the number one thing. Most of our lives we spend living either in the past or the future or the future with our past in it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So you had mentioned yeah. you had mentioned the guideline that you guys that you have. Where can folks find that? 
Uh, we are currently redeveloping our website, but we will be putting that back up on our website. But I'm, I'm really happy to, you know, if someone's really keen to, to get started on this, I'm really happy just for them to reach out via the Whityale page. So that's W-I-T-Y-A-Y-L. I know it's a mouthful, but just <laughs> an acronym, what's important to you and your life. And so, yeah, they can can reach out via the page and I will gladly share that with them. And yeah, but basically it's not rocket science. It's basically just allowing yourself the space to focus on another human being and not interrupt them. Just sit there and listen. And when they do say something, then you it's, it's utilizing active listening to the nth degree, basically. So you don't sit there and go, oh, I don't agree with that. Or, um, you know, or, or then start, you know, doing something else or, you know, drifting off like you're really focused and attentive, but you're not focused on what you're going to say next. You're, focused, you're just really focused on hearing what they're saying. So you don't repeat it back, but you do, you just get their experience. Um, I often find there's three little words that make such a difference when some, particularly when someone's angry. Uh, and those three words are, I got that. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. The impact that those three words have, you don't have to bounce back at somebody. You don't have to fire something back. Sometimes you just have to let people say whatever is there for them. And usually after a while, they'll calm down if they're angry. If they're not angry, they'll just have the experience of like, oh, okay, I feel heard. I feel acknowledged. Right, right. It made a difference. And that they won't even be necessarily present to it, but they'll have that experience of being brought back to almost ground zero in terms of how they were feeling and all the thoughts that were going through their head. Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot of practice. It took me a lot of practice to do that because I honestly, I'll be really honest with you, until like I think last year, I thought that I had a listening disability. I I kid you not. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I was incapable of listening to people. And I had this real breakthrough moment. I was doing a leadership program with Landmark and we had to do this exercise in reflective listening And all of a sudden, it was like this mountain just moved out of my way and I could see people for the first time. It was just remarkable. And after that, I just saw people completely differently. I don't really, I can't really explain what it was that triggered it for me, but I just had this profound experience of knowing that this story I carried that I wasn't a good listener wasn't true. I just hadn't practiced it in a way that was going to make a difference. Right. So, and I'd been told my entire life, you know, I was highly distractible as a kid and told, Oh, you you just, you're not listening. So I translated that to mean I'm not a good listener or I can't listen. And so every time I'd go to listen, I'd get really anxious and that would get in the way of me listening. (laughs) So it didn't work. And once I could drop that story and realize, wow, that was just something I totally made up then it gave me the ability just to be with whatever anyone said. And I practiced that with my kids on a daily basis. You know, sometimes your kids get angry at you. And so when I have the opportunity to put that into practice with them, you know, I can really kind of gauge how I'm going with that exercise. And 
you know, I, I that convert those conversations started that year during that leadership program. Um, one of the things we had to do in that program was reach out to friends and have conversations about, with them about what mattered to them. And so that's kind of where it started really. And it was, yeah. And then Nathan and I kind of put our own spin on it and, and then just started interviewing all kinds of random people. And that's, that's kind of where it all led. And it was like it opened this amazing opportunity just to kind of connect and something I thought had been denied to me my entire life was just right there. So yeah, I, I feel like I've gone off on a tangent, but <laughs> <laughs> anyone can do this is basically the moral of the story. Anyone can do this. I liked um, how you had, you had mentioned um, reflective listening. Hmm. Um, I think that uh, I think folks should look into that a little more. <laughs> I, I just like how those two words go together, reflective listening, because um, you don't typically hear them put together like that. No, you don't. And I think that, you know, we talk about active listening as a thing and a lot of people don't really understand what that means. So when you're completely present with somebody and you're not just listening to the words they say, you're listening for their experience that underlies what they say. So with human beings, we always have this thing between the lines and it's why, um, you know, artificial intelligence can write amazing articles for the Washington Post, but artificial intelligence can't read between the lines, at least not yet. Right. <laughs> I say never, right? Um, human beings have this unique sixth sense. We, we just have this sense about people even it's what they're not saying that's just as important as what they are saying and when you're present with somebody and you can actually get their experience in that moment when they're sharing something the impact on them is profound it it's like all that sense of fear and judgment gets stripped away and and they can just be acknowledged for what they think and what their experience of life is and we all have different experiences of life. That's the fact. And we spend a lot of time and particularly this has been notable during COVID. We spend a lot of time looking for evidence that everybody else is wrong and I'm right. And if, if we spend more time actually doing the opposite of that, looking for the connection points, looking for opportunities to acknowledge and, and validate people, then it's going to, kind of just all that stuff just will fall away would make a huge difference <clears throat> a Absolutely. huge difference in this world yeah what an amazing amazing insight that you've provided i i've absolutely loved listening to it and so many things i'm actually walking away from this i will walk away from this with a lot of things to think i have a uh, to think about and i i literally have a page and a half of notes as you were talking <laughs> Just, you oh, know, those little, those little nuggets. It's, I love speaking to people and catching those little nuggets that they might not even realize that they're tossing out. You know, I just, I love that. I just love that. Um, I Thank want you. to, I want to, before we wrap up, I do want to hear a little bit more about your side gig, which is organic lick, lick. <laughs> or, <laughs> well, yeah, lick. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's perfect. I think that's absolutely perfect. Or it's lip 
Yes. Yeah, it's um Organic lip and body balm and it's called Happy Mess. One word. Yeah. Yeah. So Happy Mess is a bit of an experiment in that well, Nathan and I were like, well, we need to start putting we need to start proving that our philosophy, our way of doing things uh, in terms of creating success, a successful life, however that looks to you, we need to start proving this. And so we've both created our own product ranges and mine is happy mess. And how we created it was by going out and asking people what's important to you. And one of the things we've discovered during COVID is that people, there's a real trend towards people wanting to buy longer lasting uh, more useful, just, but luxury products, like products that are a bit indulgent, but useful to them, something that they would use every day. And we started looking at, well, what, what could we, what could we create or what could we sell? Um, and what would the brand name be? And what would, what would the logo look like? And what we did was we kept going back to people and asking them. And so the logo wasn't designed by me it was proposed by me, but it wasn't designed by me. It was designed by the people that we interviewed and asked. So Happy Mess is a brand that reflects a trend that's happening at the moment. And it's a brand that reflects basically people having permission to be who they are, be themselves, be raw, authentic, real. And so we wanted to create products that really kind of spoke to that and I've been making my own lip balms for ages because I tend to react to commercial products. And so I started making my own. So Nathan said, well, why don't you make lip balm? And then why don't we diversify that and make all these different balms because surfers need, you know, balm for their nuts. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not selling that. You've got to be crazy. And he's like, that's exactly why you should sell it because it's something people need and it's not about you. And it's not something you would necessarily sell. And I went, oh, damn it. He's got a point. <laughs> so we've created this range and I'm selling it on Etsy. And um, yeah, and we're having a lot of fun with it at the moment. We've, um, we've enlisted uh, a wonderful um, woman, Brit Philanis, who's a, she's our brand ambassador. And we've enlisted her to be our, our model and um, we've been having a lot of fun. And what I love about Brit is that, you know, she is quite beautiful and young, but she's also uh, has amazing heart and soul and has been through some stuff in life. And so I really want to kind of hone in on the body positive message. Um, we want to inspire people just to feel okay with being whoever and however they are in life. And so I, we really wanted to create a brand that reflected that for people um, and that gave them something that they could use that would, you know, really inspire them and lift them up and make them feel good. I think it's wonderful. And I cannot wait to get on your Etsy shop and check it out. I'm, I'm, awesome. yeah, I'm Thank definitely going to be hopping on there and checking it out and uh, sharing, yeah. that, sharing that with others. And thank uh, you so much. Yeah, tell them, it, tell awesome. them it's lip balm, not actually lick balm, but you know, Hey, <laughs> I may, I may have given you a new idea. You know what? You might have. I mean, Nathan will be listening to this going, Haha, that's so funny. Let's do that. Um, you know, he's all about pushing the boundaries. And I, I think that's good. Like, I love that I've got a business partner who really um, challenges me to do things that are completely outside my comfort zone. So 
um, it's a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun. <laughs> that's wonderful. And you're fortunate and blessed because of that, actually. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Kara, thank you so, so much for being with me here on Let Fear Bounce. This has been an amazing talk. Um, I could end up sitting here talking to you and listening to you for a long time, actually. <laughs> there's, there's so much to talk about, actually. Um, oh, but I, appreciate yeah. you, I appreciate you being on and being up so early. I know it's very early for you to get up and do this show coming from Australia. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And I will be sharing your contact information. Um, so for you folks that are out there listening, you'll be able to check out and see what she's up to. And we'll post on there. I could can I post the Etsy shop? Is there a way to do that as well? Yeah, um, probably the easiest way for people to find me is just via the website because it connects directly to the Etsy shop and also our Instagram feed features on the website. So it's just Happy Mess. So H A P P Y M E S dot me. That's the website. Oh, okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. Happymess.me. And, and with the Whityell, um, so probably via our Facebook page, we do have a website, but it's still a work in progress. So, um, but Whityell is such a unique acronym. Nobody else is using it. So um, we use hashtag Whityell. So W-I-T-Y-A-Y-L. Um, if you type in Whityell, just the acronym anywhere, you, we'll come up. Fantastic. And don't forget, folks, out there, your task, one of your tasks today coming away from this is to find a person and ask them what's important to them now. And then yeah, and share we, it. Yes. Share about that. What was that like for you doing it? Um, yes. We want to know. Like, we want to know what that created for them and what it created for you. So, yeah, if you want to use the hashtag, hashtag WeYow, um, when you do that, please do. Like, we want that's what we want to do. We want this to kind of just take on a life of its own. Make it a worldwide movement. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you guys came up with it. So go you. I think it's wonderful. <laughs> it is wonderful. Thank you, Thank you again Thank so you. much, Kara, for being with, being with us today. And um, I, I would love to talk to you again sometime in the future and see what's going on with you guys. Oh, likewise. Thank you so much. It's been my absolute pleasure.